Welcome to The Rock Church, a vibrant, enthusiastic, edgy church meeting in West Bridgeford, Nottingham. You can find out more about us by visiting the-rock.org.uk. We hope you were blessed by this message. He's going to be saying is that God is always with us. He never leaves us. He never forsakes us. No matter what we've been through, no matter who we are, no matter what we're carrying, God is always with us. And as I was preparing for this morning, I really felt God say to me, Claire, can you just give my people something? Can you just give, show them physically that I am with them? So if you're comfortable, will you close your eyes? And again, if you're comfortable, just stretch your hand out and pop your hand on the shoulder in the to the person in front of you or the person next to you. <laughs> it might be a bit of a stretch. I've asked the stewards to go and touch the people around the room. So this is just a reminder, this video was talking about loneliness and how we can feel so isolated in those circumstances. And this, this morning, is an illustration from God. This is how the weight of his hand rests on your shoulder. So when the emotion of today goes, when we walk out, out of the walls of the Rock Church and back home and into our lives and into our busy jobs, and we start to feel lonely or afraid or isolated, remember God's hand on your shoulder because he's always with you he will never forsake you amen and before we start this message I just really want to say that this message was brought to me by God at the beginning of the year it may feel personal it's not it might feel that it's speaking into your heart and it might be oh God Claire know that it's from God these words are from God not from me Right, let me pop my glasses on, you know I can't see without. <laughs> okay, there are 4.2 million people in the UK that they always or always often say that they are lonely. 58% of the churches in the UK consider loneliness and social isolation to be the key issue that will be facing people in their community in the next year. Now that's not just around COVID, this was taken in 2020. Loneliness is a pen pandemic all of its own and isolation that comes from that is touching people left right center in our church in our communities globally online you might be on your own watching this morning you're not alone we're with you god is with you if you're in christ you are never alone we live in an age through the internet and other electronic means of communication we live in the most interconnected world ever in the history of mankind yet loneliness is the plague of our age. On Facebook, Twitter and other social media platforms, we have huge friends lists. How many of us, let's be honest, have got huge friends lists? Yeah? Anybody? Yeah? I haven't. I've got 347 people on my friends list and I know every single one of them at some point throughout my life and I'm really, really blessed about that. But are these people on your friends list really friends? And a study put out by Relating 2014, that's the marriage counselling service, claimed that 5 million people in the UK have no real friends. However, this may be an oversimplistic view of loneliness as we can be lonely in a crowd. Now I've stood in churches, I've stood in arenas, I've watched concerts, I've been at sports events and I've looked around surrounded by hundreds and thousands of people at times and felt incredibly 
alone. And I know I'm not on my own in that. Many of us have experienced isolation, misunderstanding and disconnection. Loneliness hurts and it's painful to our sense of self. Loneliness can make you feel invisible. I know I've felt invisible many times in my life and it dramatically diminishes self-worth. I used to be a counsellor, I used to have a counselling practice and I used to hear that so much. Claire, I feel invisible. Nobody can hear me. Nobody sees me. This is just a facade. I'm so lonely. Even when I tell people I'm invisible, I feel isolated. In extreme cases, whatever form of loneliness takes, it can result in depression and occasionally develop into severe and poor mental health, poor mental health. And studies suggest that loneliness can result in people feeling angry, resentful, blaming the world, groups of individuals for the way that they feel. Now this is an ideal breeding ground for the devil. When a Christian starts to feel lonely, and isolated. He will use these thoughts and feelings to separate us and remove us from fellowship and isolate us when things aren't going so well. And God's just put this on my heart and he did it in the week as well. You see all of these empty seats that are dotted around. I know that is the kids having gone out, but God wants to say this morning, you know, friends, family, my kids, these are the people, this represents the people that have left churches, not just the Rock Church, but the church globally, through isolation, offence, sadness, all sorts of things. Imagine all of those people out in the world that are walking and have walked away from church because they didn't feel heard. See, he's got me off my track now. <laughs> You see, the devil will isolate us when things aren't going so well. He will tell us the world and all of its shiny offerings are far better, far better than any church or any Christian friendship. It's a lie. He will change our perception of situations, perhaps something somebody said or something somebody did. He will say, you are strong. You do not need them. You don't need to go to church every Sunday. You don't need to be in fellowship. He'll say, where's God in your situation? God's not listening. And neither is anyone else. He will encourage us to remove ourselves so isolation can creep in and remove us from safety before we even realise it. It says in 1 Peter 5.8, be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a lion looking for someone to devour. I'm not having it. And God's not having it. Our eldership and our SLT, we're not having it. As friends, can we, can we actually stand together and say, we are not having it. We're not having it. Come on. We are all in this church. We are family. We are friends. And we don't, we're not going to let him separate us. Loneliness and isolation is everywhere. Many people feel cut off and alienated from others. As I've said before, often being in a crowd makes people more aware of their own isolation. People who are struggling need close friends who will stick close, listen care and offer help when it is needed. In good times and bad. Come on, how many of us have seen somebody upset at church or, and, and you've wanted to avoid it because you don't want to have that conversation? Yeah? You know, this is going to be a bit of an ouchy message, I believe. You know, it's not judgment, it's truth, and it's coming from God. It's not just the world and its trappings that can cause us to be isolated from God and each other, but offence. 
Friends, when disagreements happen, we need to hold short accounts. Not to be easily offended, be open, be honest with one another. Because as it says in Proverbs 18, 19, an offended friend is harder to win back than a fortified city. You see, offence, I've done a lot of research around this across the global church, is the common reason that friendships end and people leave churches and don't return. It's just heartbreaking that all of that God-given potential just goes. All those lives that could have been touched by that person's gifting or our gifting, if we're offended, it's gone. All the good and the expansion for the kingdom, guess what? What's happened to it? It's gone. We all have our place in the kingdom of God and it is not in a place of isolation. Friends, disagreements, misconceptions and arguments separate friends and families, if not easily resolved. And it can lead us into isolation and into a defensive position. And as I heard, I prayed in the week, I heard God whisper softly in my spirit. Claire, offence causes lives to be lost. Isolation is a killer. It's not just the walking away from me or my church. It's the hearts and lives that could have been touched and the plans and the purposes that never came to be. When offence leads to isolation, it impacts on salvation. It impacts on eternity. Lives are lost, not just in the natural. What he's saying here, they're lost in the spiritual. And all of those people that you can touch, we could touch with our giftings if we're in offence, gone. I know it's not easy to resolve an argument or a disagreement. It's hard to say that we're sorry when we've got it wrong, but that's where the devil gets you. There are a hundred reasons as to why we shouldn't go to that person and make it right, but if we listen to ourselves, and if, we're in, if we listen to, to ourselves, but if we're in Christ, the Bible tells us there are many reasons as to why we should. Is anybody with me this morning? Yeah? Are you still awake? Yeah, fabulous. Because this is a really important message, not just for today, but in the future. God is equipping us to ensure when offence comes, when isolation and loneliness comes, that this is into our hearts. It says in Matthew 18, 15 to 17, if your brother or sister sins, go and point out their fault just between the two of you. If they listen to you, you have won them over. But if they will not listen to, listen to you, take one or two others along so that every matter may be established by the testimony of two or three witnesses. If they still refuse to listen, tell the church. And if they refuse to listen, even to the church, then treat them as you would a pagan or a tax collector. When someone wrongs us, we often do the opposite of what Jesus recommends. When we're hurt and we're offended, we turn away. Maybe in hate, that's a strong word, or resentment. We seek revenge or engage in gossip. Can I just say one thing, and I see this at work an awful lot, not necessarily in the church, that when somebody has said something to somebody else, it's like a bad restaurant review. Some people, well, have you heard? Oh, I don't like this. Have you heard that? And it gets bigger, and it gets bigger, and it gets bigger. And that poor person, it might not have been an offensive word or a message that they've given. It could be that that person's perception has taken it the wrong way. And gossip is not good because that person then walks into a place and feels incredibly uncomfortable. We need to sort it out between ourselves before it grows out of all proportion. 
Don't seek revenge or engage in gossip, as I've said. By contrast, as I say, we should go to that person first, as difficult as that may be. Then we should forgive the, the person. Jesus' words are designed to reconcile. So that scripture is Jesus telling us how to deal with offence. Designed to reconcile those that disagree so that all Christians can live in harmony. You might say, Claire, that's unrealistic. Yeah, I think you're right a lot of the time. But what we've got to learn to do is to nip it in the bud so we can live in unity and harmony because when the body of Christ is divided, it becomes weakened. The devil takes great pleasure getting into an offended, lonely and isolated person's mind. He will get them to focus on nothing else but being lonely, isolated and angry. See, the devil wants to keep you separated from anything and everything that can help you in your time of loneliness. The devil will poison your thinking. He'll get you so upset and discouraged that a person can easily sink into a deep depression and let feelings of uselessness and sadness take over. And it causes hope to be lost. You know, it is so destructive. And this morning, God is going to break down those strongholds and tear down the lie that we are alone. We've felt the hand on the shoulder of our brothers and sisters around us. We are not alone. Anything that is causing us to be isolated from God, each other, and his plan and purpose for our lives is going to be resolved today. Because we're going to isolate isolation. Oh my goodness. We're going to isolate isolation. Yes? No? <laughs> I think everybody wants to remain isolated by the sounds of it. Be reassured this morning that God is with us. We heard, well, we didn't actually hear in the opening video, but this is his love for us and how he's always close by. Now, let's be honest. It's often us that chooses to isolate from God when we perceive things that aren't going our way, when our prayers go unanswered or we're hurt by a situation, or maybe we don't feel heard by the church. But please know that God only has good things for us. God's been very clear in these last few months, as I said at the top of the message, about what he wanted me to bring. You see, in the past, I'm coming from a place of experience. I had a major isolation problem. If the things go, got, if the, can't get my words out, if the going got tough with someone or a situation, this girl, she got going. She legged it, and that was in church, and that was in my personal life outside of church. I struggled to talk to others when things weren't quite right through fear of conflict or rejection. But God has worked some stuff out in me over the years and I no longer isolate when things get rough. At times I did wonder actually if this message was from God because it puts you in a place of vulnerability. That's me and you. But how do I know it's from God? Because I've had confirmation after confirmation after confirmation, even from the platform this morning. You know, people have come to talk to me about concerns and sadnesses in their life due to circumstances, if left, could lead to offence. Now, my mum is a brand new baby Christian. She's 80. <laughs> Hallelujah. She has given her life to Jesus. And she's at a church in the West Midlands called Renewal. It's fabulous. Met, met with her last Saturday. She went, not going back to that church. I'm like, why not? You're loving it. And she went, I'm offended. And I'm like, oh, okay. Why are you offended? She went to this communion lunch that she goes to every Wednesday with a lovely group of ladies. 
I hope she's not watching. If you are, mum, hello. Um, I didn't tell her. <laughs> I didn't tell her I was going to use it. And it's this lovely group of ladies that she goes with every, every week. And they left early. And a lady came up to my mum's table, looked her up and down, took the chair. My mum says she threw a dirty look and went and talked with somebody else. 101 things could have been going through that lady's mind. I really don't think that she was being rude to my mum, but she was convinced that was offensive and she wasn't going back. So what we did, we looked at what else went really well on that day, mum. You know, what else was nice? And she went, oh, well, you know, lunch was nice. The ladies were nice. Communion was great. The pastor was really kind. I'm like, well, get over it then. Because quite frankly, that is not a reason to leave the church. And as I mentioned, I know all about isolation because I had a habit. It is healed, but it taps me on the shoulder every now and again. You see, I do have that habit. It's still there, but it doesn't come to the fore of Iceland when life gets tough. And actually, Pastor Kate knows my patterns. And so does Kathy, because I've had to get me out of it on occasion. Kate came to see me when I was struggling with something. I don't think it was with offence, but I was taking myself out of church. I was isolating myself. I'd stopped meeting with people. I wasn't attending groups or meetings because I believed that the lies built, the walls built around my heart were there to protect me. And that's not true. Those walls kept me separated from the love of my church, my friends and God's plan and purpose for me. Jesus was enough as far as I was concerned. I didn't know or need anybody else. Jesus is enough, that is for sure. But he designed us to be in communion and communication with others. We are not designed to do life alone. During our, cha Kate, during our, chat, during our chat, Kate asked how she could help me. I could really see the sadness in her. She knows that I've been hurt by the people who I should have been, without exception, been able to trust throughout my life. And nobody before I came to this church had ever asked when I removed myself, Claire, how can I help you? They just let me go. My answer to Kate was, don't let me go. Tell me to sort myself out, dust myself down, and help me to keep moving forwards, because I needed that kick up the backside. Excuse me. <laughs> Kate, you see, she's also been there. She's got the T-shirt when it comes to hurtful situations and negative words spoken over during ministry. Where would many of us be in this church today, out in the world of AOG, without Kate's pastoral heart and guidance? If Kate had decided that that offence, those words negatively, and she'd taken herself out, this church, the Rock Church, wouldn't have existed. But she trusted God and she kept pressing on. I wonder how many of us within the sound of my voice isolate when we are hurt or offended by others or a situation, believing that it is the right thing for us. It's not the right thing for us. I'm being repetitive because I believe God wants to get that in. But I always appreciate there will always be exceptions here. And sometimes walking away is the right thing to do for safety or well-being. But today I'm talking about disagreements and offence between friends that can grow out of all proportion leading to isolation. Now we all want to be happy. Anybody want to be unhappy? No? Me either. I bet there's no one in this room who intentionally chooses to be unhappy, but in order to be truly happy we must be connected to God, others and ourselves. That is why if you're a member of our church and you're considering joining us, the journey planner is so important to your growth. There's a, a slide about to come up. 
It's important for your growth in God, relationships, friendships, and purpose. Relationships contribute to every area of our lives. Now we can see, you know, there's alpha, firm foundations, all sorts of courses, small groups, and mentoring. What happens when you go on these courses if you're brand new to the church? Anybody? You meet people? Anything else? Yeah. It's, we make connections, don't we? We all need companions for the journey. And friendships and relationships are so important. As I said earlier, pandemic, it's loneliness is a pandemic all of its own. I remember Kate mentioning not so long ago, I think it was from the platform, that the things that she hears most from our people is that they're lonely. We need to do something about this. We're family and no one should feel lonely or isolated in the body of Christ. Now, loneliness and isolation doesn't only come through offence. Physical isolation. You know, we have people in the church who are unwell, that can't get to church. That must be very isolating. They have their loved ones looking after them. That is also isolating. Somebody, I think Pastor Ali said about writing a letter to Kate and Ali, and we actually wrote letters to, to Lottie, Kathy's daughter, when she was first poorly in hospital. I wonder who today God's going to pop on your heart to make contact with. I wonder, could, you know, in this world of instant messaging, could you send those people a message? Write them a letter, send them a card. Kate's great at sending cards. And when they land on the doormat, oh my goodness, doesn't it make you feel seen? Moving to a new location can make you isolated. Moving house. Our lovely Rich, he's, moved, you know, he's got his first house this week. Hallelujah. We're really pleased for him. But it's that starting again, getting to know your neighbours and your new community. He remains with us as part of the Rock Church, of course, but it still can be very isolating. Divorce or separation. That is so isolating. When I got divorced, I think it was 16 years ago, hallelujah, um, <laughs> I've got to say it, I can't lie, um, I lost a lot of friends. They chose sides and the lies that were believed that my ex-husband was, um, you know, sort of putting out there, he's forgiven, don't misunderstand me, I have no offence, God has done a great work in me. But divorce and separation can cause people to, to lose friends. Now, we heard when um, Sai was saying in the announcements, there is somebody in our church that's struggling, struggling financially. I'm so grateful to God that all of these confirmations came this morning because social isolation, when you're struggling financially, my goodness, it can take you right out. You know, who in the church, again, is there somebody that you could buy a cup of coffee for? Bless them with a ticket to the table the next time we meet at church. Could you take them out for lunch? You know, it doesn't take a lot for those of us that aren't struggling to help somebody not to be financially or socially isolated. Becoming a mum or dad, my goodness, that is a really isolating time in life. You know, we've been living our lives, we're going to have the perfect baby, we're going to have the perfect life. This little one turns up, this little bundle of joy, you're feeding them, you're, you're looking after them, you're changing them, you're doing this, that and the other, and your life as you knew it has gone. That's why I'm so grateful to Kathy and Becky when they set up the new Mums and Tots group. Our ladies are thriving and growing, and those kids will also have great relationships as they grow. Guys, we may have single dads come into our church. There isn't a lot for single men, especially single dads. If that happens, let's get around them. Well, not me, you. 
Let's get around them. Oh, I don't know if they're single, I don't know. Um, no, guys, get around them. Look after them. Invite them on play dates because it must be so isolating. You know, my time is going. I don't know what's happened to the time, so I'm going to skip ahead. So I want to talk about Jesus. There are three things to stop us being isolated. Jesus, friendship and fellowship. Now, Jesus himself took us himself out to be quiet and spend time with the Father. Now, this is positive isolation. It allows us to refresh and see things from a new perspective. But even Jesus in his human form became overwhelmed on the death of John the Baptist. He took himself away to grieve and regroup. And we read in Matthew 14, 13 to 14, when Jesus heard what had happened, he withdrew to a solitary place. Hearing of this, the crowds followed him on foot from the towns. When Jesus landed after his time of isolation, he saw a large crowd. He had compassion for them and he healed all of those that were ill. If Jesus had remote, chosen to remain in isolation because of his grief, turned his back on the crowds, the miracles of his healings of that day would never have taken place. And the feeding of the 5,000 that followed wouldn't have happened. And as we read further on into Matthew, Jesus walked on water, performing another miracle, cementing to the disciples that he was indeed the Messiah. Friends, Jesus brings us a clear example of a plan and purpose here. He didn't let offence towards Herod. This is the man that took John the Baptist's head because he was coveting a young woman. And the young woman, he said to the young woman, what can I get you? I want John the Baptist's head. Wow. If Jesus had remained in offence and isolation, as I say, miracles would not have continued. In contrast, when Jesus took himself into isolation in the desert for 40 days and 40 nights, the devil plagued and taunted him, tempting him into a different life. But Jesus stayed close to God as he knew the devil could not get past God as tough as it was. Now, Jesus is perfect. He would not have chosen to divert his path, but the Bible brings great examples on how to deal with life situations today. Because do you know, if you're in Christ, we all have the power to perform miracles and resist the devil, but we must isolate isolation to expand the kingdom and fulfill God's plan and purpose in our lives. Remember, when you're suffering, Jesus also suffered. He hurts with you. He has compassion for you. Bonding is the ability to establish an emotional attachment to another person. It's the ability to relate to another on the deepest level. When people have a bond with each other, they share their deepest thoughts, dreams and feelings with each other. But bonding takes work. When my son was born, I wasn't there. Literally, physically was not there. Yes, I had conceived him naturally. Yes, I carried him for nine months. But he was born after an emergency and I had a general anaesthetic. I was seriously ill, so was Harry. And I was rushed into critical care, as was he. I didn't meet him until he was days old. And I remember the nurse putting him into my arms and I felt so detached. I, had, I couldn't bond with him. I just looked at him and he felt like a stranger. Now, I love that little boy. He's 22 now, so I must have done something all right. I love that little boy. I fed him. I loved on him. I played with him. I cherished him. But still, I felt detached and isolated from him. But that bonding process changed one day when he was just under a year old. He'd had his breakfast. He tipped it all over himself. And I'm thinking, oh, no. He laughed. 
He smiled at me and he went, Mama. And bang, my goodness, those feelings of love rushed in and we have the best relationship, I have to say. But it does take time. A person's ability to love and connect with others is the foundation for physical, psychological, relational and spiritual health. When we're in a bonded relationship with others around us, we're alive and we're growing. When we're isolated from others, we're slowly dying. If we don't learn to bond, then our tendency is to isolate. Bonding is one of the most basic and foundational human needs. And if you find it hard to bond or are struggling with isolation for any reason, please Talk to your mentor, your small group leader, or the pastoral team. Get involved in serving. It's a great way to connect to people that you wouldn't perhaps usually speak to. I think Vic's here this morning. I was on stewarding last Sunday evening at Luttrell Hall. And we were both stood at the back. We were, little Flo was having a little bit of struggle uh, sep- um, settling. And she says, you know, I don't think we've ever really talked. And I said, no, we haven't. Let's change that. So stewarding is a great way to talk to people you wouldn't necessarily always speak to. God did not design us to be alone. You don't have to struggle. Sometimes it's taking that deep breath and having the courage to ask for help or by simply asking someone to go for a coffee or a work, a work, a walk. Have a chat to somebody after the service that you don't, that you'd like to get to know. We need to put effort into our connections. Friendship is a two-way street. It won't work if only one person is putting into the effort, putting in the effort. Our time has run away, and you can come up. There are many commandments in the Bible about how to properly connect to God and others around us. And the one that stood out to me is, a new command I give to you, love one another as I have loved you. So you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples. We need to be looking out for one another. Our church is growing and will continue to grow and the devil will bring disunity and isolation wherever he can. Are we going to let him or are we going to stay united as we believe in God's vision for our church and the south of Nottingham? We've heard this morning, Kate and Ali are off on sabbatical soon. Don't let the devil tell you it's okay not to come to church. It's an isolation tactic because the pastors are away doesn't mean that we stay away. Remember, isolation causes lives to be lost and plans and purposes to fall away. We must isolate isolation. Fellowshipping in and out of church is key to isolating isolation. I'm sure we can agree that we're a pretty friendly and supportive church. And as we heard from Rich last week, we have a culture of welcoming all come through our doors, no matter their background and circumstances. We as a church, I do believe, reflect the love of Jesus. But how do we future-proof ourselves from being isolated when personal challenges come? And how do we help those that are lonely and isolated? We are to be watchmen. God calls not just leaders, but all Christians to be watchmen. The Hebrew word translated means one who looks out for. We need to look out for one another, pray daily, stay connected. We heard earlier that we should hold short accounts, support and love on one another. Jesus instructs us to check our neighbors, especially if they're unwell, suffering or struggling with life. Make sure they're okay. If somebody's, you know somebody's not well, whether they attend church or not. Who today has God put on your heart? Someone who perhaps hasn't been to church for a while. Somebody who's in the church, sick and able to get out. Like I said earlier, how blessed would they be to hear from you? 
When things go wrong or offence is taken, be quick to forgive. Nip offence in the bud. Don't let it take hold. Approach that person and resolve it. Please don't let offence take root. If you know today that someone is hurting, go give them a hug. Let them know that they are, you are there for them, seen and loved. As Lizzie preached a few weeks ago, darkness is a horrible place. Our place, as Lizzie preached, is to sit with them. Invite somebody to the table. I've heard so many times recently I've never been invited. Do the inviting. Take the initiative. Who knows what may come from it? Attend a chicks or a fellas night. You never know who you might meet. Go to your small groups and your interest groups consistently. I met a Kate at a conference six years ago. I'm so blessed by that day because the connection made brought me into this church and to all you lovely people and the people that I have absolute pleasure in calling my friend. Friends, I've just got one. <laughs> I know we're over, but I believe this is key. We're seeing signs and wonders like never before in the form of healings, so many answers to prayer. We have deliverance going on right at the front of this church and it might be scary. You might feel a bit of offense or fear, but it's God doing its thing. It's gifts coming to the fore in abundance. It's Bible, it's who we are as Pentecostals and the devil, he hates it, he hates it. And if we're to isolate isolation, the church needs to be strong, not weakened. When people scatter, the Bible, the body fails to function. The church needs you. So it's time to resolve anything that's holding you back. Power comes when we as believers work together in unity, not disunity. The gates of hell shall not prevail. I've got this on my heart. I did it in the morning this morning as we prayed. The gates of hell shall not prevail. It's not hell coming at us, but us. United as brothers and sisters pushing back at hell. We will not be divided. We will not be isolated. We will, as a body, isolate isolation. Amen.